You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Freedom of Species would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast today. We pay our respect to the elders of all of the lands on which we meet across Australia. Welcome to Freedom of Species. Uh, my name is Harley. Um, I'm a regular contributor, I guess, is the best way of describing me. Um, at the moment, I've been based in the UK for the last two years, and I bring news and information from this side of the world about what's happening in animal justice and animal rights. Um, and today, I'm joined by a very good friend of mine, um, and one of my favorite people in the world, um, Sammy. So today, we're going to have a conversation about photography and specifically protest photography and how we can use photography and videography and art to capture the actions we take for other animals and also capture what we're what we're like the movement that we're trying to build for animals so thank you so much for joining me today Sammy oh you're welcome Harley it's lovely to be here Amazing. Um, so just to get started, um, it would be great if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about kind of how you came to be capture, capturing the revolution, as we might say, or taking protest photographs. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I have been a photographer for, oh my goodness, like 25 years. And um, I was a portrait photographer. And about, so about five years ago, I, I became vegan six years ago. And about five years ago, I just started feeling really, I don't know, just really dissatisfied with my just doing portrait photography. It wasn't, there was something missing and I didn't know what it was. I didn't have a clue. But I knew that I didn't want to go into the whole commercial stuff of portrait chair. I was, I was blocking that and there was a reason. And so I decided I would do a master's degree um, and goodness knows where that came from because I left school at 16 <laughs> and had no further education whatsoever and one day I just went I want to be a master of photography I want to find out what this is all about why I'm stuck why I'm stuck into it but why it's not satisfying me at the moment and so I applied and I got in amazingly enough um, and it was a very academic course, so that for the first year there was no photography at all. Um, it was all written work, and what we did was look into the politics of photography. And that, I had no idea this would happen, mm. but it just clicked in my brain, and it made me feel like there is this is what it's about. This is why I love it so much, even though I'd never done anything like that in my life before, and I'm very, like, meek. My camera speaks for me, but I'm like... Oh, I, I don't cross the road unless the green man's flashing. You know, I, I follow the rules. I'm like, oh, I don't do that. Um, but there was a, a module called activism, 
And I was like, oh, my goodness, should I? Should I? I asked my daughters. I asked my friends. I asked my sister. Should I? Should I? And they're like, Sam, you got to do it. Just do it. Just choose it. So I chose activism. And the day I chose activism, I was like, right, if I'm going to do activism, I better be doing activist photography now. And it was about five months, six months before that module started. And so um, I went to Brighton, which is uh, on the south coast near where I live. And I crept up to a group of people doing an earthling experience. They're literally just standing in a little group of five people with signs. And I was like, excuse me, could I possibly take some pictures? And they're like, yeah, of course. So <laughs> I did. Um, and that's really how it began. I, and then I went from there. Like, I didn't stop. I kept appearing at these things um, and going, oh, could I? Yes. And then I realized it was okay just to appear and take pictures. And then I would hand over the pictures to them. And I just felt like it just felt so important and so different from anything mm. I'd done before. Um, yeah, I could literally talk forever about that. Oh, amazing. Well, that's that's good for this segment. Um, but, yeah, I find that so interesting that it was kind of like that that image of like, yeah, like kind of not being sure and like having to ask permission. Like, is some, this something that can be captured? Is this something that I am able to witness? Um, and I'm curious as well because you say, yeah, like, you know, that early days going up and the earthlings. Um, and I'm curious, like, did you have much experience of protest before that, like on the other side of the camera? Because I've seen you and for reference, like I've seen Sammy at actions and yeah, the boldness of photographers in general. Like I, if anyone who's been in an animal rights action and sees the photographers, you know that like they're the ones like ducking under the police lines and, you know, climbing on top of trees to get the right shot. Um, and, you know, the idea of you kind of softly, softly approaching is just so out of um, context with that, I imagine. But, yeah, I'm curious. If, was that like, one of your first experiences with activism, um, taking photos of it? Yes, absolutely, 100%. I think that's why I was so nervous, because I didn't know how activism worked. I didn't know um, if you had to be part of a group. I remember sending an email saying um, to DXE, actually, saying, I, I think I would like to take some pictures, if that's all right. And they sent, they're quite bold, you know. They sent a message back saying, if you want to protest with us, protest with us. But, you know, that is it. And I was like, okay, um, I'll come anyway. And, and, and I did, and it's... So with DXE, so I'd done that one with Earthlings, and then I contacted DXE, um, and w they walked us. So I decided to be a protester instead of a photographer for this second time I went along because I thought, what I need to know what it's like to be mm. to protest. Um, we walked into, so we sat under a tree and had like secret whispers, and then we were all split into groups, and we went off and ended up in Waitrose in like a big supermarket wearing like a cow mask and a fish mask and a and um, a sheep mask holding signs and standing in front of all the produce um, in the aisles, in the meat and fish aisles and dairy aisles. Um, and, and I was literally, my heart was pounding. And the police came and we didn't move. And I was like, oh my gosh, please let us move. <laughs> anyway, they, they got us, the manager came, the police came, they took us outside and there was about 15 of us and there were 45 policemen. Seven, uh. like seven big vans they put us up against a wall they said you'll be arrested if you don't give your information all this stuff and this was the second time I'd ever gone to something 
So I was like, okay. And then, of course, you know, we were released. Some people were arrested and I was released and off I went. And I was like, right, okay, I've got it. This is, yeah, okay. I, and the next thing I went to was a um, animal rights march in Brighton. Mm. And I had my camera. And because I wasn't protesting and I understood what they were doing, I just literally started racing around like, zoom, zoom. And I was running in and out of everybody and going, this is amazing. And then I ended up at the front of the march, waving my hands in the air and then taking shots of everybody walking towards me. And I got some great pictures, but I also felt connected to everybody. Mm. It's like, we're all in this together and I know what you're putting out there and I understand. For sure. And I think it's such a, it's such a thing as well that I've seen um, and that I've experienced as well, this, this kind of question when you, um, I, I guess like, Maybe everyone who's decided or uh, it's not even a decision really, right? But like when you come to the realization that you have to take action for animals, um, like it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like a decision. I think it's more like a, a need or a calling or something like that. Um, but it's that thing of like, well, what, what do I do? What can I do? And I think like, especially in today's, I guess, the activism scene of today where it feels like sometimes it feels like it's so dominated by these really big personalities who have this really specific set of skills, which is, you know, speaking, communicating. And I know for me, like I never felt like I fit into that. Like I've never been a very confident outreacher. Like I can write and I can communicate that way when it comes to standing in front of someone and having to remember and speak and things like that. It's just like, I can't do this and I think it's something that a lot of people experience and I think it's, it's really interesting hearing like how you had this passion already but it wasn't bringing you joy I guess because maybe it wasn't connected and now now it's kind of connected to something you're so passionate about yeah absolutely I think um like in my heart I I mean I look back at myself as a kid and I always wanted to say something um, in fact, I was an actress before I was a photographer because I had a need to speak, but I was and to tell stories and, to, and I wanted to tell important stories. But as it, you know, in for a lot of the time as an actress, you're doing stuff that doesn't resonate with mm. yourself and that isn't necessarily telling important stories. And as time went on, that didn't that wasn't my voice. That wasn't the voice I wanted. Photography then became the voice I wanted because I could do really cool images and I was doing portraiture and this um, and that faded away as well because my voice wasn't my own personal voice wasn't coming through as I would like it to be and I think it is a calling I wanted to do something and I didn't know what to do and I didn't realize that being um, an activist photographer would give me such a strong voice because it does it's it, it I photograph actions that I believe in I photograph you know I know photographers who They'll, they'll go to all protests and photograph everything, but I, I'm very choosy. It's animal rights and it's um, animal rebellion and it's it's about planet and it's about people and animals. It's And it's pretty much always animals. <laughs> um, so I am able to put that out there in my way, and I think that is. It's like you say, influences, they, it, it pushes you away and you think, I can't do this. Um yeah, and I find a power like that, like racing around. I will climb up things. I will, and I'm in my 50s, but I will climb up a tree. I will climb up whatever it takes to get that shot. <laughs> and I will feel so exhilarated. And I will, and I'll know I'll be presenting whichever group I'm shooting for. I will be presenting something 
that they can use and that will put the, the word out for them. Absolutely. Um, I feel like that's a really good point to break for a song. So we're going to go um, and yeah, hear some music and then we'll be right back with Sammy um, talking about protest photography and animal rights on freedom of species. So we'll be right back after this song. <laughs>
scared of dentists and the dark I was scared of pretty girls and starting conversations All my friends are turning green Yeah, the magician's assistant in their dream Oh, Melbourne Pride will be taking over Smith Street and Gertrude Street Precinct on Sunday the 13th of February between 11am and 9pm. This free event is a state government initiative delivered by festival partner Midsummer to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the decriminalisation of homosexuality in Victoria. The Fitzroy Precinct will be transformed into a huge street party with two music stages, activities, community stores and more. For more information, visit midsummer.org.au. Midsummer is a 3CR supporter. Coming up at the Nightcap, better late 
running till 3am every Friday and Saturday, featuring the best local and international bands and DJs, including Zeitgeist Freedom Energy Exchange, Gypsy Brown with Tando, Spasta with Adriana and Odd Mob, Domingo Latino Sundays with La Influencia and Calle Luna. Upcoming shows including Art vs. Science, ModCon, I Know Leopard and more. For info and tickets, head to thenightcat.com.au. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Freedom of Species here on 3CR Radio. Um, my name's Harley and I'm joined by Sammy. Uh, we've been having a fantastic conversation before that last song about protest photography and how we can fight, figure out how to use our skills to take action. Um, and I'm curious, Sammy, because we talked a lot um, just then about how we can, I guess, like find how to use our passion, I guess, and what it feels like to be taking action, but not just not just kind of following the model someone else might give us, but finding our own way. Um, but what we haven't talked about so much is why animals? So I'm really curious about like, what was your journey to, we've talked about, yeah, like how you came to photography and then protest photography, but I'm curious about how you came to this focus um, and passion for animal rights. Well, I think like I look back on my childhood and, and maybe a lot of us can, but I know that as a little one, I was very connected to animals and I always wanted to rescue them. I would rescue baby birds and try and put them back in the nest. I would um, pick up little eggs. I would rescue mice all the time. Um, I would bring bring anything that was injured into the house and um, wrap it up in cotton wool and put it, put things in little boxes to try and get them better. Most of the time, little baby things would die, but... Um, uh, when I was 14, I, I told my mom I was going to be vegetarian because I had never heard of vegan at that time. Um, and she said she was cooking. She was cooking a dish that was an animal-based dish, and she said, "You'll eat this or you'll get nothing forever." You know, it's like you're going to eat what I cook or nothing. And I feel like I understand completely where she was coming from, but I feel really sad that I didn't have that. I wasn't given that choice, and I think. Thank goodness today that's happening more and more, and not all all across the board. Um, children are still struggling if they say they want to um, stand up for animals or, or not eat animals. Um, as time went on, I was vegetarian, and then I mean I met people who weren't, and I would sway back and forth, and um, and then I realised vegan was the option. Um, and going vegan, I think you know that was a hundred percent for the animals, um, and I couldn't. It was that again, like you talk about a calling. It was definitely, it was a calling. It registered in me. This is what I got to do. And of course, I sat in a corner eating, you know, all my non-animal products and my coconut milk because I, I don't, I hadn't got to oat milk at that point, and uh, you know, whatever it was, my fruit and veggies. Feeling very pleased with myself for a year, <laughs> and then went, this isn't enough. Mm. You know, I went into the supermarket and I was just like, it's not enough for me to be eating the veggies. I need to speak this up, but I don't know how. And and at that same time was when photography and doing a master's degree, going to university and studying came to me. And what's interesting is when I did do my master's degree, it actually, the whole degree became about um, animal rights. Like there was not, once I'd done the activism module, everything I did then, every module I did, 
I converted it into animal rights. So I, there was nothing. There was nothing that wasn't about animal rights and and planet rights um, and photography. It was all mixed in together. So yeah, I mean, I go to the sanctuaries and I photograph at the sanctuaries, and that's those are my some of my favorite days. You know, mm. just connecting with the animals and taking pictures, and then giving the sanctuaries the images. And um, yeah, it. I just. I don't know. It just, it is for me. That's the core reason why I why I go to protests. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's funny. I really relate because I was I was looking back over my old university assignments the other day, and you can you can pinpoint the moment I went vegan and got interested in animal rights because like before that I was you know writing normal assignments, and then after that, no matter what I was writing on everything would pivot around to talking about animals and speciesism and justice and yeah it's 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 funny how I'm sure a lot of people would relate to that as well um and yeah I think it's a really interesting thing you touched on about feel like being drawn to um acting and photography um because you had that feeling of like wanting to speak wanting to like share something um, I think it's really interesting because, you know, a conversation that we we often have in the animal rights movement is how do we represent other animals um, and how do we make sure their voices are heard? And you talked about like, yeah, like going to the sanctuaries and photographing animals, animals. And I'd really I'd love to hear your thoughts on how how you feel, I guess, art and photography might be used to, I guess, make those voices heard. I think it has been so underused for that reason, um, you know, for for the for for that. I think it's really difficult for artists to um, bring animals in because animals have been used as a, a kind of stereotype, a pet and a and a, or a lion and a, oh manly, and, and it's very difficult. I think I think some great artists need to come along and get going on it. Some great. You know, definitely some great vegan artists who can actually understand what what it is about and what we want to. I did um, so I my master my final degree, so my major project, as it's called for university, it was about um, the the vision of animals in society. So um, basically, and it was an eco feminist as well. I I, I piled it all in. Um, <laughs> But it was also done in lockdown, so it had to be something I could do at home. But I managed to go to sanctuaries. And what I did was I photographed, I did portraits of of the animals at the sanctuaries. I then hand-printed them in the garden using cyanotypes, which is a very natural method of printing. They all come out blue. They're really beautiful Mm. images. And I did them very large. So I did, like, these large print portraits of animals, um, of each six animals. Um, And then, and they were beautiful, but they weren't like this... So I purposely chose ones that weren't cute, yeah. um, that weren't kind of like, hey, I'm aunt, I adorable, look at me. They were just looking in the camera or they were walking towards me or they were like lying down. Or um, there was one, one of my favorites is a mother cow feeding her baby. And how often do we see that? We don't often see the, the, the calf feeding yeah. from her mother because it's hidden from us. Um so then I also, with uh, all, I did a whole bunch extra prints, which I chopped into little pieces. 
And then I did what's called rayograms, and they're like you lay pieces onto this piece of paper, the cyanotype, and the sun comes down, and it makes all these shapes of the pieces. So I used all my home stuff, and those were symbolic of our home environment, of the earth environment, the places we live. And then I put all the little pieces that I chopped up, because animals are all chopped up in society, and yeah. we don't hardly notice. Um, this was a huge piece of work. It was about... Um, um, two meters by meter and a half that ended up with all these different images and very intense. Um, they then had, so so that was great, and I never thought anything would come of it. Mm. Um, I then sub- uh, submitted it as an as a image to um, a gallery, um, and it was just for a month-long thing, and it was in between lockdowns. And interestingly enough, they accepted it. And I don't think they knew what it was about. They accepted it in terms of like the earth. And they were talking about earth and COVID and this kind of thing and how we, what we've done. And I don't think they really looked into it. So when I arrived with my whole information sheet and what it was about, they actually said, oh, well, we're not going to put information sheets up. We're, we're just going to have like the name and that's it. And I thought, that's so interesting. Nothing else spoke of animals in that whole exhibition. And people would look at it and be like, hmm. And then they'd read over on the one side a little tiny snippet of what it was about. Mm. And be like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, wander off. But I think I, it felt so powerful to have something that actually spoke for the animals in an environmental exhibition. Yeah. Everybody's was woodwork and this, and, you know, and it's all great. But I was so proud because I thought I snook that in. And I think it's. You know, maybe now we don't have to sneak. I still think we, we're having to sneak it in, you know, in terms of art. For sure. I think that's, like, something I think both of, like, us and I think so many other people as well have that feeling of, like, we're always having to sneak animals in the conversation. Um, and it's it's interesting, I think, especially in, like, as the conversation about, like, the our environment and, like, climate crisis and that is becoming more and more I guess urgent and common like everyone is talking I think it's so normal now to talk about the impacts of the climate crisis but it's still so unacceptable and abnormal to talk about animals as being individuals within that as well who are also being affected um, and who are being exploited Um, so I think it's um it's something you said earlier about like yeah like needing these great artists to be creating this work I think it's like it's a really powerful image I guess or a vision of just like having people kind of come together and because something I often think about is like how do we communicate a vision that we can't understand or we can't see or we can't speak or read about and I think like that's where art comes in in so many ways of showing us that vision um and it reminds me of actually one of my favorite photography projects which is you've probably seen in the um the photographs of like elderly animals and it's yeah just like the the cow feeding her baby is like the things that people you don't see the images you don't see yes absolutely i photographed um a sheep and she was i think she was about 15 something like that and she was an old lady you know um and she meant a lot to me because she she took care of her you know, of all the other sheep in, mm. in the field um, at this one sanctuary. Um, and she passed away last year, but I felt so privileged to photograph her. And that series of the older animals 
we literally never see that, do we? We literally, I mean, I was lucky to see this older sheep and, and feel like, wow, she's, she's lived this long at the sanctuary. This is so fantastic. Yeah. But we never do. I think it's a powerful time to actually, you know, because there's, there's more of us speaking up now. I think even two years ago when I was doing my project, I felt alone. You know, in university, nobody, I, I was kind of shunned in the activist, in the activism course. I stood up the first, the first session we had and spoke about speciesism. Mm. And from that day onwards, only two people spoke to me from the whole class. There was about 15, but they were all working on different things. And after I spoke, I was kind of shunned. And I spoke to my tutor about it. And he said, yeah, it's difficult, I think, because people get really pity. You know, they get really like, well, who's, who's she to be talking about? It was so interesting. Yet this was an activism course. Um, and I think the same has happened in everywhere. You know, and artists have experienced that. Like, well, we don't want that if you're going to start talking about animal agriculture. Yeah. <laughs> um, now is the time, isn't it? Now is the time because we know there's more of us around. We know it. And so we can come together. We can find our ways and keep speak. I think it is just speaking out. Like I was bold enough to do it for my um, major projects. Like it was a bold move. My tutor actually said to me, I have no feelings for animals. So you're going to have to do a good job mm. because I literally have nothing. Um so there's no there's no in and out and luckily I did do a good job but almost that challenge is like okay I knew I had to really go for it um, and it worked out really well so I think that's the thing for us all to think is we've got to go for it absolutely um I think that's so amazing as well but it is so much I feel like there's so much pressure sometimes on people taking trying to take action for animals because um it's a group that so many people don't have in their circle of compassion and there's so many much so much barriers so many barriers to people feeling compassion or wanting justice for animals because it just it and yeah I think like that 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 conversation or the lack of conversation maybe more accurately you have with people as soon as you mention anything about animals and it's like the walls come up because it's just this feeling of defensiveness but I think like in some ways that's why photography and art can be so powerful because it guess I guess it breaks through those walls because it's not anyone speaking at you it's just you experiencing something and then having that moment in you which can like really I think move people um and I guess with that like I'd like to go back to protests um and you know earlier we we're talking about some of your early protests um and photographing them um, but I'd love to hear some more, I guess, experiences of what it, what it's been like to try and capture uh, protests. And what I guess, like, a question I'm really curious about is what for you makes for a powerful or a beautiful protest photo? Um, wow, yeah. I, gosh, it's funny because usually I get it in that moment you know in the moment you see something and you take it you you know um and then there are little gems that you you've taken so quickly i think what's interesting is that and and i'm used to it now um is just being totally on it like you don't miss a trick you know you are your eyes you have eyes in the back of your head because you're like what if something's happening over there protests are so it's so wonderful and so and can be so crazy um, 
I think capturing, like I love, I love the the photographs where I love the marches. Like one of the ones that just stays in my head, and it was in a magazine recently. Um, is is a, an animal is the uh, the animal rights march um, this year in London or last year rather. And there is there was a protest there, and she's holding up the flare, and there's loads of protest behind her, and there's a yellow flare just coming out. And this one, it's very symbolic because she's just kind of there on her own, but surrounded by people and surrounded by signs. And the flare's coming up just at the right, just in the right place. I mean, often the flare will come right in your face and you just get a great big yellow image, nothing, you know, or pink or something. It can look terrible, but there are those moments where it looks amazing. I'm trying to think of like my favorite images. I just, there's so many. Um, I've been so lucky. I mean, I started off with one lens um, and my port, my portrait camera of one lens. And it was an 85 millimeter lens, which is actually a portrait lens. So if somebody was close to me, I couldn't <laughs> because it'd just be a big blur. And if somebody was far away, they'd just be little dots, you know. Um, so I had to run. And I think that's where, like, now you've seen me running. That's where I had to establish that running because I had one lens that meant I had to run backwards or forwards, <laughs> left or right. Um, I have this one of the most beautiful photographs I've ever taken, and it will always, in fact, two, they will live with me. I worked with DXE, so I was with DXE on a farm in um, the south, on the south coast of England, and it was a it was a nighttime one. We went at three o'clock in the morning. Um, there were a hundred over a hundred. Um, rebels inside the chicken farm. Uh, I think there were 2,000, 2,500 chickens in there or more. Um, <clears throat> I was outside with the rebels who were all chained up outside the farm, blocking the road. Um, at the end of the day, so we were there for like 13 hours, uh, pouring down with rain. It was freezing cold. Um, and it was like four o'clock in the afternoon, so it was starting to get dark again. And I was like, oh, what is going to happen? I've taken all these pictures. We were surrounded by police. And I turn around and I see 50 of the rebels who are inside, the activists who are inside, walking out of the farm along like this sort of beautiful country lane towards me with trees on each side the sun just coming down slightly from one side and each one they're wearing hazmat suits and masks and each one is holding a chicken so 50 chickens were rescued mm. that day and they walked towards me and i had my camera just going ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. my heart was thumping because i thought if i miss this moment this will be a disaster because this is one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen mm. the fact that we had you know, there'd been negotiations all day long from from five o'clock in the morning till four o'clock the next afternoon. And we'd been there. We'd left at like seven the, no the night before and hidden in the cars, you know, down the lanes and stuff. It had been such a long journey towards that. And it was the most beautiful image. And then as they got closer, one of the activists um, had taken off his his hazmat suit and he held the chicken. And she gasped as she stretched her neck up and gasped for air. And he was just stare, looking at her. And it was the first time she had seen light. And, and I had that lens. And mm. I jumped backwards. And I took the shot. And there was two. I just had time to get two quick images. And I was 
like, oh, please let these, because this, it was so beautiful. Um, and I got the shots, and those shots were used all over the place. They were used in the paper, they were used in the, you know, and the farm was actually shut down, um, and for, I think it was like three weeks, and then the RSPC came in and said it was fine, of course, course you know, which is just (laughs) horrendous. But these moments, so those were incredible. That Mm. was incredible, and I'll never, ever forget. Um, I just got so many goosebumps. (laughs) Yeah, it was is the most. I mean, the the most beautiful picture. I, I've also done like the the rebellions with Animal Rebellion. I've photographed all of them so far. So three so far, um, which is absolutely such a, an honor and a privilege to do that. Um, and so many moments where I have just I've been on the floor, lying on the floor, get, lying between the policeman's legs, getting the photographs of the arrestees and. You know, often they'll just see this little glint of a smile as the, when they see me, and, it, and that just fills my heart with so much joy. Like, I am, and one of my friends was arrested and just literally smiled as she was lying on the floor. She closed her eyes, then she opened them, and she smiled at me and then closed her eyes because she didn't, you know, and the police were having to try and pick her up, and um, that was gorgeous. Amazing. Um, I feel like that's a great place to pause for another song. Um, so we'll be right back speaking to Sammy um, about photography and animal rights. So be back in a minute.
So bring back the beat, and then everyone sings. It's not about the money. and drum going around like bum bum bum
20 Years on the Inside is an iconic new podcast series that gives voice to the experience of First Nations people in the Victorian prison system. 20 Years on the Inside, I'm Vicky Roach. And I'm Kutcher Edwards. This series reflects on 20 years of listening to our mobs on the inside as part of the Beyond the Bars prison broadcasts. 20 Years on the Inside is essential listening for anyone looking to educate themselves about the realities of life on the inside and the need to end Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander incarceration. A lot of the boys mentioned about being in jail. What you do really isn't who you are. You know, it's how you love your family, it's how you care about your cousins, and it's how you care about your people. That's what, that's what this is about for me. Catch the podcast via the 3CR website or on your favourite podcast app. Have you heard of long COVID? If you or someone you know have had COVID-19, you may still experience symptoms weeks or months later. There are many symptoms of long COVID, but the most frequent are extreme tiredness, shortness of breath, and muscle aches and joint pains. Anyone can experience long COVID, including children. You can find information in your language on the Health Translations website, healthtranslations.vic.gov.au. Just type long COVID as a keyword. A 3CR supporter. you're listening to freedom of species um thank you for coming back um if you've just joined us my name's harley i'm talking to sammy about photography protest photography animal rights um and how they all come together um so yeah i'm still i've still got goosebumps from you describing some of those photographs um just before the break there um but i guess like moving to the practical side of things. Um, I'm sure some of our listeners might be photographers, might be interested in taking photos at protests, getting involved. Um, So I'm curious about if you have any advice or tips for people who are photographers and are passionate about using that to, I guess, be part of this movement or take action or be part of protests. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for any photographer, if you've got a camera and a lens, you can do it. I mean, I did it with one lens to start off with. Um, and I did it, you know, with just having the courage to go, okay, this is, I'm going to go along. Um, you know, wherever there's a protest, you can go and take pictures because really that is what it's about. The protest is there for you. It's what it's about. Like, go and get the pictures. And if you know, like, if, if you don't know the group, find out and send them the images or say, hey, I've got some images. I mean, that's really, with Animal Rebellion, I became very involved with Animal Rebellion back when it started, the first rebellion. Um, a friend of mine who I had been shooting earthlings and in Brighton and stuff, somebody knew knew somebody who was part of the rebellion and, and they said, do you know any photographers because we're looking for somebody? And um, they had suggested me. So I then called this person and said, oh, hi, I'm Sammy, or rather I messaged this person who I didn't know, um, who was part of the rebellion putting photographers together. And I was like, okay, so I'm Sammy. Do we need to um, have coffee and meet up and discuss what needs to be done? And they're like, 
no, 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 just come along. <laughs> I had never photographed a rebellion before. I knew nothing about it. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So literally I went. And I think, you know, it's like I know with all kinds of things in life, if we take action, that's what matters. You know, when we sit at home worrying, like I would have done, um, had I not just gone, okay, just go there. Um, and I did spend a couple of weeks sitting at home worrying um, thinking this camera needs to be used, but I don't know how to, I haven't got the nerve. Um, it's just get out there and you don't need fancy equipment. Like any camera will do, will do perfectly well. Along the way, so the last three years, I have gathered camera equipment and that's wonderful because it gives me more choices. But that happens as you do more. Um, yeah, I just say get, go, go there or contact a group. Like I did with DXE or with, you know, with any of them, just say, hey, do you want some pictures taken? And they'll probably say yes. Yes, please. And they'll tell you where to send them to. Amazing. I, I love that of just kind of like, just just try. And the worst thing that can happen is that I guess it, it doesn't work in that particular moment. Um, and I think that's just like a, a lesson in so many things. Like um, it, I think it can be really hard to figure out well, what what do I have to contribute? Um, and I guess like, what would yeah, what would your I guess invitation or advice or anything be to people who maybe don't have feel like they have anything to contribute but want to take action? Um, I think you know if you want to take action, you just being there. So even if you went to a protest and just stood there, that's taking action, and you don't have to do anything. What I found really interesting for me was that, yes, I knew photography was my thing. So you may say, well, I'm good at it. doesn't matter what you're good at. Every single, you know, groups need movements, need people who can do anything at all. It doesn't matter what it is. They need people or just people to join and say, I'm part of this and be there. I'm going to be there or I'm mm. going to dress up. Animal Rebellion in the early days. Um, we had people dressing in, um, just dressing as vegetables and fruits. And that's, you know, it's, that doesn't require any skill. And then you could just gather together and walk through the streets. And that's how London became aware of Animal Rebellion. Because mm. it's like, there are those veggies, there are those fruits. Um, I actually discovered, having gone in as a photographer and working with Animal Rebellion, I then went into talks and trainings and started doing the trainings. This is something I would never in a million years have thought I was capable of. But because I was able to just sort of take action and go, okay, I'm here, somebody would say, we need somebody to do a presentation on Monday. Are you anybody free? And I found myself putting my hand up saying, I'll do it. I got braver and braver. So um, you'd, I was not brave at first. I was a mouse. And then I got braver and braver until I started doing training people and then bringing on more photographers. And then, you know, and it, it grows inside of you. And that's the beautiful thing is you don't have to start anywhere. You can just be you and arrive, appear somewhere. Amazing. Um, I think it's, yeah, words that I definitely need to hear and I think a lot of people need to hear. Um, well, this has been such an amazing conversation. Um, like, I always love talking to you, Sammy, and I'm so glad that other people get to hear your amazing stories um, and your experiences as well. Um, and I'd love to end by just talking about anything that you're working on now um, and also any ways that people can kind of get in touch or follow along with what you're doing and see some of these amazing photos. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Harley. Yeah, it's been awesome. 
Um, well, okay, so tomorrow I'm actually going to the um, Royal Courts uh, of Justice in London, and I'm going to photograph um, the team who are leading a case um, against animal agriculture. And it's, the, it's historic. Um, I think you can follow. I think I put it on my Instagram, but it's called um, Scrap Factory Farming. So if you just look up Scrap Factory Farming court case, it's going to happen tomorrow. So it's starting tomorrow. Um, this is massive. And I'm actually just going to do like a portrait of the team outside the court. And I'm so excited for that. Um, I'm so excited to be like a part of they've done all this work and I'm so excited because I'm just going to be there and take their pictures. Um, but it's really important to me and it was a wonderful thing. They asked me to go there and I feel very flattered and honored to be the person that they asked to take these pictures. Um, yeah, um, I, I guess lots of things I'll be doing with Animal Rebellion soon um, as we do more stuff. And I've enjoyed everything I've done over the past years. My Instagram is at Sammy Vegan, and it's S-A-M-M-I Vegan. Um, so please, yeah, look me up, find me. Um, and if you have any questions, just like DM me on Instagram and I'll answer. Yeah, be happy to. Absolutely, Rob. Thank you so much, Sammy. Thank you so much for coming um, and for chatting with me um, about what you're working on and all these amazing, amazing things. Um, it's amazing, as always. Um, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed hearing about yeah I guess how we can use what we have to take action and also the, the power of art and storytelling to communicate what can be really difficult to communicate so thanks for listening to Freedom of Species we're here every Sunday on 3CR um, and hopefully see you again and thanks so much Sammy for coming on thank you Holly
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.